0: Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, once again, good morning, everybody. Welcome to LifePoint on Easter Sunday this morning. And we, uh, a week ago, started a series called His Story or History. How many know history is important? Um, it's important that we learn from history. You know, we're, we're in an age where they're trying to delete and erase history, which you can't do. Um, if, we, if we don't learn from history, history, we repeat our mistakes and we repeat our errors. Uh, so we need to learn from history, and history... Uh, not only gives us lessons we need to relearn or learn better, there's some things that, that have happened in history that have dramatic and direct impact on the moment that we're living right now. But I'm a firm believer that history is all about his story. Someone agree with that? It, it's, a, it's the history of, of God and God's love and God's work and God's hand on this world through the centuries. And so we've been looking at this si- at this series we're calling History that we started last Sunday. And I want to read a scripture to you. This is from Matthew chapter 20. And, and this is what Jesus said. Jesus was going to Jerusalem, and on the way, he took the 12 aside, and he said this to him. We're, we're going to go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man is going to be delivered to the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and they will condemn him to death. And verse 19 says, and they will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and even crucified, But on the third day, he will be raised to life. And so Jesus is telling his team what's about to happen over the next few days, over the next week of his life. And so last Sunday, we kicked off this series, and we talked about the significance of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. And this was the significance. As he entered Jerusalem, they waved palm branches, and they they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means our victory is here, our victory is now. And they were excited about Jesus entering into Jerusalem. But those cheers that went, Hosanna, Hosanna, turned by the end of the week to crucify him, crucify him. See, they thought Jesus, the scripture actually says they misunderstood the timing of his arrival. And the reason why they misunderstood that, they, they thought Jesus was coming to lead a military coup or a military takeover or a political revolt, but Jesus came with a cross agenda and Jesus came with a, a different plan. How many, how many understand that? He came not with a political plan, not for a revolt, but he came for redemption. He came to provide salvation. He came to provide a redeeming plan from his father. So, so Jesus came with a different agenda than what they were expecting. But Jesus showed up on Sunday arriving in Jerusalem, and by Friday that same crowd that was excited about his arrival now were shouting for him to be crucified, they actually asked for Barabbas to be released. Now, Barabbas was a leading zealot at the time, and he, w- he was known for leading these political revolts. And they misunderstood the timing of what, what they needed most. They wanted political help when Jesus came to help their souls. He came to help, their, uh, help them with the, a salvation plan. But yet they crucified Jesus. And we learned this on, in our Good Friday service, which was a great time together, that Jesus came. He was arrested uh, basically for being a terrorist he was scorned, he was scourged, the Bible says, he was crucified, and he died on the cross, and he was buried in a tomb, and the Bible said he, he went into the grave, which means he actually descended into hell, and he was, in, he was in the belly of hell for those few nights from Friday until Sunday, and so we understood the significance of him going to the cross, Just like we've learned the significance of entering Jerusalem. And this morning I want to talk about um, not just the significance of his cross, but I want to talk about the significance of why we're here this morning. So I want to read a few scriptures, make a few points, look at someone and say, this is about to be good. This is Matthew chapter 20. So this is after Jesus had been uh, crucified, he was put in that grave. And it says, the next day, the day after the preparation day, all of the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. They said, "'Sir, we remember that while he was still alive, this deceiver said, "'After three days, I'm going to rise again. "'So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. "'Otherwise, his disciples might come, and they might steal his body "'and tell the people that he's been raised from the dead. "'So this last deception will be even worse than the first. "'Take a guard,' Pilate answered. "'Go make the tomb secure.' as you know how. So they went and they made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and by posting the guard. Now let's jump down to Matthew chapter 28. It says this, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and, they, and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. I love this next verse. He's not here. He is risen, just like he said. We just read that he said that, now it happened just as he said. So come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly, tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, but yet they were filled with joy. And the Bible says this in in, in verse, I lost my place here. He is risen from the dead and going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. So the woman hurried from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. Verse 9. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said, and they came to him. They clasped his feet, and they worshiped him. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, go to Galilee, and there they will see me. That's the story that brings us here this morning. Um, The story, his story, didn't end on Friday at the cross, and it didn't end on Friday in the graveyard, and it didn't end in the depths of hell um, that Friday after Jesus died and, and gave his life as a ransom for, for many it, This story actually continued on Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday That's why we're gathered here this morning That's why we're here, we're worshiping That's why you dressed up and, and put your Sunday best on That's why you're here smiling That's here why many churches are, across our land and across the world today Actually have something to celebrate Not just death on Friday, but resurrection on Sunday And I think it was really interesting that the chief priests and the Pharisees and Pilate and the Roman uh, military that that gathered to guard the tomb actually did the world a favor. Because they went to Pilate and they said, you know, he said he would rise again. We, We need to do something so they can't deceive us. So they put a guard, they put a Roman guard at the tomb, the best military at that time guarded the tomb of Jesus. And the Bible says they actually put a Roman seal. So if that seal was broken, and the only way it could be broken was not by someone from the outside. They actually did us a favor and gave us proof that no human could come in and roll that stone away. No human could come in without facing the Roman guard or without overtaking the Roman guard and breaking a seal that they put on that tomb. They actually gave us undeniable proof today that, that, that stone was rolled away from within. So what was the significance of his resurrection? Well, Jesus said this in the book of John while he was still living. Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and I'm the life. The one who believes in me will live. And though he might die, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And I love this. He said, do you believe this? So Jesus said, hey, I'm the resurrection, I'm the life. If you believe in me, even though there'll be a day you'll breathe your last, you will never actually die, you'll keep living. And I like, I like how he ended this. He said, do you believe this? And I have that question for you today. Do you believe he's the resurrection? Do you believe he's the life? Here's what I believe is the significance of his resurrection. As we read the story, uh, we, 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 we look at the story In alignment with history but the thing about history his story is it still carries life today because history is the story of him resurrection is the story of him and so every every Sunday I like to give what we call life points and I have three life points for you this morning based on the res uh, 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 on the significance of not just the cross not just his death but particularly this morning his resurrection are y'all ready for some good news it's why you dressed up. It's why you came here. If you came to church this morning, let's have a little church, which means you can say, Amen. amen. Come on, white boy, say something, all right? So elbow somebody and say, It's Resurrection Sunday. All right, here's the first light point it goes this way Because of his resurrection, death is not final. Because of his resurrection, death is not final. Not only was his death not final, and because his death was not final, and guess what? That means your death and my death, they're not final. Um, in the book of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul said it this way, um, death, grave, where's your bite? Where's your sting? In other words, what he was saying is because Jesus went to the cross went to the grave, descended into hell, and because he resurrected on Easter Sunday, death is not final. In other words, the sting of death, the power of the grave up until that time was final. But because of Resurrection Sunday, because of Easter Sunday, death was no longer final and death lost its sting. Death lost its bite. What's that mean for you? What's that mean for, for me? If Jesus didn't didn't resurrect from the grave, then there would be no resurrection for you. There would be no resurrection for me. There would be no no thing called Christianity. There would be no Easter Sunday. It would just be a death of a good man, a so-called prophet, on a Friday. But because there is resurrection, Jesus broke the power of the grave. He broke the power of death, which until that time was final. And for those of us who put our faith in Jesus and we have confessed him as the Lord of our life, guess what? You will actually never die even though you quit breathing at one point. You will just transition from here into a better place. You know, I, I, I've, been, I've been doing this long enough that I've done several funerals. And it's always a time of, of grief and it's a time of loss and it's a time of, of hurting but I want you to know that the times I've done a funeral for a person that we knew that we knew was a, a, a strong believer versus someone who didn't know or we knew weren't, it, it's a totally different atmosphere. And I usually say this every time I do a funeral for, though, for, for a loved one who is a believer, is there something in the room that's undeniable? It's the peace of God. The Bible actually says it that way, that the peace of God passes our understanding The comfort of God is actually his peace. It's where, if you're a baseball fan, baseball season just started, um, it's where we get our word umpire. You know, umpire stands behind the plate and he'll say, that's a strike, that's a ball, that's foul, that's in, that's out. That's what the peace of God does in our life. And when someone who is a believer passes on, there's an over, even though there's grief, Actually, the Bible said this, we grieve, but we grieve with hope. We don't grieve without hope. In other words, we grieve that we will miss them, but there's a hope in the room that you cannot deny. Why is that there? Why is that peace? Why does peace saturate a funeral home when someone who passes away was a believer? You know why? Because Jesus took the sting of death. Jesus broke the power of the grave. Yes, we grieve because we miss them, but there there is this hope. And I usually say it in my message, I'll say this, that we will see them again. It's, you know, sometimes in those situations, we just say things because we don't know what to say, but when you say something like that, it's 1,000% accurate. So there'll be a time that you might breathe your last breath here, but you'll step out of this place and you'll step right into heaven. It's just a transition. And Jesus said that, I'm the resurrection, I'm the life. If you believe in me, you will never die. Well, how can that be? Because God's only Son didn't just go to a cross, He didn't just go to the grave, He didn't just descend into hell. And you know why He did all of that? So you wouldn't have to. Do you know, if you study in the Bible which I've done, if you study hell, it was never made for people. It was made for demons. It was made for Satan. It was never made for people. And the reason he went there, so you would never have to. That's why he said, if you believe in me, you will never experience hell. If you're a believer, the closest you're ever going to get to hell is right here, right now. It's only going to get better. That's good news. Well, you're just trying to, you're just trying to pump people up. Yeah, I'm trying, to pump pe- I'm trying to pump people up. I'm guilty of that. If I tell you the truth, it should pump you up. It will set you free. It will give you some joy. It will give you some peace. That's the thing about history. History is truth. That's why we can't delete it. Well, we can try to erase history books, and, and there are terrible things in history, but there are good things in history. You just can't delete it. It's history. It's factual, and truth is factual, and truth will set you free. What's the truth? Jesus said it. I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. If you believe in me, you won't die. That's the truth. Someone say, that's good right there, but there's no more power, there's no more sting in the grave. There's no more fear. Amen. Amen. I mean, no, that's good news. That's the significance of his resurrection. If he never resurrected, guess what? Then you, could never have, you, you, you couldn't resurrect. Life point two, the cause of his resurrection, failure is not fatal. Death is not final, and failure is not fatal. I, I want to take a poll real quick, just a little survey. Um, how many have ever failed? How many have been pretty consistent at it? How many of one thing you've done right fell? fail? (laughs) Well, failure is not fatal. Because Jesus not only destroyed the power of death, he destroyed the power of the enemy. He destroyed the power of sin. He destroyed the power of failure. You know, on, on Good Friday, we had this moment that everybody was talking about. We had this big cross right here. We had it lit. And I, I made these little cards, and I just put a few sins on them. I think one was lying, one was lust, one was hate. And I said, you know, my first thought was I'm going to nail, and I did. I nailed those three things to the cross. And I thought, my, you know, my first thought was Jesus nailed lust to the cross. He, he nailed lying to the cross. He nailed hatred to the cross. And man, I just felt like God arrested me. And he said, that's not really what happened. So I made another card, if you were here, and I, I nailed it to the cross. It just said, Jesus. Because we nailed Jesus to the cross. My failure nailed Jesus to the cross. Now, he offered himself. The Bible said that he had to offer himself because no man could take his life. But the power of death was destroyed at the resurrection, and so was the power of sin. So was the power of failure. So was the power of shame. So was the power of guilt. Because... Jesus knelt it to the cross and he went to the grave. What what sent him to the grave, what sent him to hell was my sin. It was your sin. The Bible said it was thrust on his shoulders. It was put on him. The Bible says in Galatians that anyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. He was cursed. He became the curse. He became sin. Sickness, disease, death, and poverty was put on Jesus. If you don't believe that, that's why God turned his head away from him. And Jesus hung on the cross and said, God, why did you forsake me? Jesus was forsaken by God. Why was Jesus forsaken by God? So you would never be forsaken by God. He went to hell so you wouldn't have to. He went to the cross so you wouldn't have to. He was forsaken by God. He actually experienced the wrath of God. Why? So you wouldn't have to. The great exchange, the great substitution on the cross. But none of that would have effect in our lives today if there wasn't a stone rolled away, if there wasn't an Easter Sunday. When they went to the tomb to just check out things, and the guards were supposedly there and there was a seal put on that stone which means it was immovable, it would be undeniable when they showed up, an angel was there and said, you're looking in the wrong place. How many of you don't find living people in the graveyard? You don't find dead people among the living and they came looking for a Jesus who, was, who, had, who had departed and who had died and who, who went to the grave. But he was alive. Amen. I want you just to know this. I know this, it doesn't sound real deep but if he was alive then, He's still alive right now, but he broke the power of the grave, and he also broke the power of shame, and he broke the power of guilt, and just like, uh, just like the power and, and the sting of death was broken, so was the power of sin, so was the power of the enemy. Uh, let me say it this, this way to you, forgiveness, which we got uh, uh, when we received Jesus, justification just as if we'd never sinned before all of your yesterday right now and tomorrow if you're a believer is covered by the blood of Jesus you're forgiven but forgiveness isn't a doctrine to be argued about because it's a person it's a person of Jesus that offered and offers forgiveness so the good news the significance of the resurrection is that death is not final failure is not fatal and you ready for the last one The significance of the resurrection is because of the resurrection, faith is not futile. Faith is not futile. The resurrection makes Christianity different than any other religion existing or ever existed. Because every other religion, you can find a grave with bones, with a coffin, with a casket, with a vault. Christianity is the only religion where there's an empty tomb, where their Savior is alive today. I like to say it this way, I've said it before, that when you open the Word of God, um, the author is still right there with you. But it's the only religion that, that can claim a resurrection. Here's the most amazing thing, the same resurrection power that raised the corpse of Jesus from that tomb the bible says is the same resurrection power that's in you right now if you're a believer it's in you that's the difference of a resurrection that's the difference of resurrection life that's the difference of christianity in any other religion is that the resurrection power is alive in those of us who believe 1 corinthians chapter 15, says this, but if it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless, and so is your what? Faith. Verse 15 says it this way, more than that, we're then found to be false witnesses about God, for we've testified about God that he Raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is what? Feudal. You're still in your sins. Then those also have, who have fallen asleep in Christ, they're lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all people most to be pitied. If there was no resurrection, church is useless, sermons are useless, Easter is useless. Your belief is useless if there was no resurrection. But we can preach resurrection because it's not futile. Your faith is not futile. Your faith will not be disappointed. When you breathe your last breath and you go to heaven, you're in the presence of Jesus. Your faith will have been worth it. They can try to take a lot of things from you, but they can't take your faith. They can't take your belief. They can't take your core belief in the resurrection. The reason why, the reason why you keep coming on Sunday and you keep believing in a God because you encountered Him, you know that He's alive, and it changed you and transformed you from the inside out. And if you are a believer, you've been changed. You might not be where you want to be yet, but thank the Lord, you are not who you used to be. That's, what that is, is that is, that is resurrection power that's working in you. If it wasn't true, you would still be stuck in your addiction. You would still be stuck in your sin. You would still be who you used to be. But even though you're not quite there yet, maybe what you want to be, how many can say, thank God I'm not that person? You know why? Because there is the power of resurrection that's been working in you. It's changed you. It's altered you. It keeps changing you. It keeps altering you. Okay, but, but if, if you're a history buff, you need proof. You, you need proof. Can you prove his resurrection? Can you prove it? Well, we, we do know this. Hi, there's historical evidence. We know there are biblical accounts. We know there are prophetic fulfillments. But I was thinking about this, and I think there are two significant reasons why there's evidence. To me, two significant reasons. And the first one is, is the eyewitnesses. The Bible says when he resurrected during those, those, those 40 days, 500 people saw him. 500 people. That's a lot. And that's significant. Well, they could have made it up. Well, here's the rest of that. Um, they were willing to die for what they saw. I, if I'm an eyewitness to something and I know it and I saw it, and I know it to be true, I'd die for it. Otherwise, mm, not sure about that. They were willing to die for what they saw. They were eyewitnesses, yes, but eyewitnesses, they saw it. They said, I saw him die on Friday, but I saw him walking around on Sunday, and I'll give my life for it. That's proof. That's proof A. That's exhibit A. Exhibit B is that he's still changing lives, including mine and yours, right here, right now. If that resurrection story was not true, we couldn't be experiencing life change in the here and the now. There, there's a lot of historical, a lot of prophetic, a, a lot, a lot of, a, a lot of that. But those are the two things I can tell you The eyewitnesses saw it. Many of them, and they gave their life for it. That that's proof A and proof B is it it it's, it, it resurrected your life here and now. Or you wouldn't have hope. It's not just a good story. It is history. Without that story included in history, mankind is in a much more mess than we even are right now. Let me read to you, I just read to you there in 1 Corinthians, I want to jump down a few verses. I want to read a verse to you, two verses, that we quote a lot of times out of context, although the way we say it is true, but verse 33 says this, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character come back to your senses as you ought stop sinning there are some who are ignorant or ignorant of god and i say this to your shame um we we quote that bad company corrupts good character what that means usually when we say that is whoever you hang out with is how you're going to end up acting How, how many would agree with this some of your best times in life included certain people how many would also say that some of my biggest mistakes in life included a certain set of few people? <laughs> and so there's truth to the scripture, but you know what the scripture really means? It's in the context of resurrection. And what it's saying is don't let someone else who doesn't believe in the resurrection keep you from living resurrection life. Don't let the few who won't believe in the power of resurrection. Don't let a few who say Easter Sunday's just a story. Don't let, the, don't let a few who don't think you should be living passionately and living your life for Christ. Don't let a few who have never experienced the goodness of God talk you out of believing in abundant life. Don't let a few who, ha- who are ignorant or have chosen to deny the fact that Jesus is alive, don't let that, that few make your life miserable. Don't let that. Don't let those few keep you from giving your life to Jesus. Don't let those few send you to hell. Don't let those few keep you from heaven. Don't let those few keep you from believing that Jesus is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords, as we sang today. Don't let a few keep you from throwing your hands up and singing, all oh, hail King Jesus. Don't let a, a few of life's experiences, don't let a few of life's disappointments, don't let a few people on the way talk you out of believing that Jesus still is alive on a April the 9th, 2023. Amen. Don't let someone in your neighborhood, don't let someone in your school, don't let someone in the White House, don't let someone in Hollywood, don't let them corrupt your belief. you got to choose for yourself. you got to believe for yourself. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Don't let something or someone else talk you out of what you believe to be true.